Hi, welcome to the Get Active podcast. I'm Joel Hudson and we'll be your host as we talk all things fitness and outdoors. All right, hi and welcome to the show. Today we're joined by Karina, Karina Burt. Karina is a nutrition and wellbeing coach. Uh, Karina also owns and runs CrossFit Life with her husband, Brendan. Welcome, welcome, mate. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. We'll get straight into it. Um, now you're a nutrition and wellbeing coach. What is a nutrition and uh, nutrition coach, and how is it different from other nutrition practices? Yeah, so a nutrition and wellbeing coach is very holistic and it has a behavioural focus. So um, it's not just about what you eat, but it also addresses, you know, why we eat what we eat. Um, it's about behaviours around food preparation and making choices and, and other things that impact our health um, along with, you know, our recovery, sleep, um, nutrition, psychology, uh, barriers to change, putting uh, plans in place to um, set and achieve goals and things like that. So it's very holistic. Um, it's a partnership. It's about providing information and support so that people can be self-sufficient as opposed to um, other nutrition, uh, you know, or dietitian roles where it's simply providing, um, you know, a meal plan or something that people can use for a certain period of time. But then, you know, when that runs out or you get bored with that or you, you need your needs change, you need to go back to that person and seek, um, you know, additional support where um, it's all about providing tools and things that you can use for the rest of your life. Yeah, cool. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make with wanting to improve their performance and well-being? Yeah, I think two things there. Uh, the first is probably diving in and uh, biting off more than you can chew. I think you, you've certainly got to um, understand where you're at on your nutrition and well-being journey and make a few small steps or a few small changes that you can stick with. It's all about sustainability and longevity. Um, and I think the second thing that people make mistakes on is just focusing on the 1%. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's things that you can do that it, make such more of an impact on your health and, and your well-being um, you know eating x amount of vegetables per day um, just eliminating a few toxins or just uh, changing swapping certain foods for, for some better choices um, instead of maybe focusing on supplements or counting your macros and things like that they're the one percenters you know getting getting seven plus hours sleep per night is going to improve your health and your well-being and your performance more than taking you know a supplement of course um, unless that you're treating something medically uh, so it's all about understanding where you're at taking small steps and then just focusing on those things that make the biggest impact absolutely and every and everybody's different in each case so um, yeah absolutely yeah and you know somebody might be as you said seven hours sleep seven hours plus sleep for some people may be just enough to change, you know, their cortisol and change everything. So uh, that, that holistic approach is, is really important. 
Yeah, and it's about addressing those individual factors and they're the things that we talk about, you know, when I, if I'm having a one-on-one -on -one consult with someone, it's about understanding their lifestyle and then making those small changes to improve their lifestyle because you said everyone's different, everyone does different things through the day, we have different jobs, we like to eat different foods, we like to do different sports or things with our kids on the weekends um, and, and all those things make a difference. So it's just about identifying some of those behaviours or some of those things that you're doing throughout the day um, which might be negatively impacting your health and then finding a way that we can make a small change to improve that and it's got to be something that you can continue to do every day without it being um, too difficult because obviously doing something for a week and then not doing it anymore isn't going to have much of a change uh, it needs to be consistent yeah absolutely now, your course that you did, your advanced certificate in nutrition and health coaching, what does your course entail? Yeah, so um, the base or the foundation unit, of course, is um, human nutrition, and that kicks off learning all about, um, you know, what what we eat, how it fuels the body, those kinds of things. And then after that, I get to choose a, a whole range of different um, learnings based on what was important to me. So the things that I chose was uh, nutrition psychology. It was very important for me to understand why people um, eat a certain way, uh, what impacts that, you know, environmental, socioeconomic, um, you know, family work, all those sorts of things, advertising, it all contributes to the decisions that we make throughout the day. And if we don't understand that, it's really hard to get someone to change their behaviours. Um, obviously, with my background with sport and CrossFit, um, sports nutrition was another big key thing. Meal and menu planning, helping people um, learn how to prep their food for the week and, and, and what's going to make a big difference on those late nights when you come home and, and the easy choice is to stop and get some takeaway. But if we've got some really good meal prep behaviours in place and we've got a really good option waiting for us when we get home. Um, and then the coaching, so health coaching, um, behaviour change and wellbeing management, those things are also really important along with physical and mental health. So that's that kind of, um, that's the side of things that people tend to avoid when they come and see me for some nutrition coaching. Uh, and it's such a big impact. All those things contribute to our diet and, and the things that we put in our body. So if we can't address those things from a holistic perspective, we're, we're never really going to identify perhaps what the root cause is or, or make that, that change um, cement in and, and be something that we can stick with for life. Yeah, it all ties together. I, I totally agree. Um, without sort of having it all, you can't have you know that health. I guess that you're after. Yeah, and it, like there's again, we go back. It's different for everybody. So until we can kind of nut out what some of those big factors are that are impacting our choices, it's really hard to put a plan in place and, and create some actions that are going to change that. So getting to know people and 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 helping them understand themselves will makes a big difference yeah now your food plans how how do they work you've got a membership option uh what else what, what other things do you guys do yeah, so we've got our um, so our subscription to the Nutrition Online Program, which basically allows people to come in and, and get a whole bunch of information. They can chip away and sit, um, 
um, take their time getting through bits and pieces that would be relevant to them based on where they're at of their journey. Obviously, it comes with a whole range of recipes um, and then some ongoing coaching. So there's regular updates, weekly, monthly. So I can provide that support to people. Um, and, and it's just nice and easy to access online. So that's, that's the easy option number one and then for those people that like a little bit of one-on-one -on -one or want to delve down on some of those concepts, we can have a face-to-face -face consultation um, or a food diary review. So they're my two other um, popular services that I offer which gives an opportunity for someone to kind of think about what they would do for a week or two, track what they're eating, their behaviours, their sleep patterns, those sorts of things. And then we get to have a chat about that and talk about what's, what's benefiting them from a health perspective and what could be negatively impacting them and then determining a plan to move forward, what, what they want to change. And, you know, we discuss their change readiness, their behaviours, um, or their barriers to change and then hopefully um, we can come up with one or two things together it's always a, a partnership with the coaching so I'm never um, advising someone on what to do I'm never telling them what to do it's all about them coming up with something that they feel that they can stick with um, and then it's just ongoing support for a week or two uh, depending on how long they they feel like they need that accountability um, and then we stay in contact and I can provide that support until they feel that that behavior is cemented in and they're ready to make a second change awesome yeah so I've recently um, joined on your membership plan and um few different recipes that I like. There's, uh, there's plenty to choose from. You've got, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, the whole works there. What's your favourite recipe? Yeah, so um, I've actually got two favourite recipes. My, my main meal is my um, slow-cooked lamb burrito bowl. And um, I, I just find that one from a convenience, it's something that I can cook in bulk um, and we can freeze portions ahead of time and always have that accessible there. But it's just a really good flavour base. It's full of nutrition. We can add lots of fresh salad and vegetables and, and boost um, what the what we're getting out of that meal and change it up every time we make it. Um, and my second favourite meal is my protein pancakes for breakfast. We generally have that a couple of times per week and I look forward to it every day. Yum. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, I'm <laughs> a massive fan of the, the Mexican uh, chicken and corn soup. It is beautiful. It is delicious and it's, um, it's quite spicy. So I always find myself um, when I make it, you know, maybe adding a pinch too much cayenne pepper and um, certainly getting the results of that uh, when I go to eat that meal a little later on. But I, I thoroughly enjoy that meal as well. Very good for winter. Definitely. Now, um, your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Yeah, so um, a fairly new thing to me. Um, obviously, it's, it's been around for um, a little while. There's, there's a few different uh, types of intermittent fasting that you can do. Um, personally, uh, for me, myself and um, my husband decided to give intermittent fasting a crack um, about three months ago. Um, we chose to um, eat the eight-hour window, so we consume all of our food in eight hours throughout the day, and then we fast for um, the remaining 
uh, hours left in that day. However, um, the process that we took is that we um, still consume the same amount of calories. We weren't actually skipping meals. Um, we just shortened the amount of time frame that we could consume those meals in. Um, I, I was interested about the inflammation. Um, I'm, I'm suffering from an injury at the moment and um, I thought that if there was something that I could do to try and reduce inflammation in the body and help with recovery, especially with the type of exercise that we do with CrossFit, um, I thought I'd give that a crack. Um, the main effects that we found, we had a body scan prior to starting a body composition scan. We also had one six weeks uh, after we had um, done the intermittent fasting and within that six weeks of changing absolutely nothing except the time during the day of when we actually ate our food um, and I was able to put on uh, a kilo of muscle and drop a kilo and a half of body fat during that time. Now, that wasn't actually my intention. Um, as I was saying before, I was kind of looking for those um, secondary benefits of, you know, inflammation and health and those things. So overall, I think from a performance perspective, there can certainly be some benefits there. Um, so looking forward to seeing what that happens long term. Um, so we'll be continuing that now. We've introduced one normal day of eating um, per week and then six days of intermittent fasting. So, yeah, hopefully I can provide a bit of an update with that in the future, but so far, so good. So you, you mentioned there um, there were different types of intermittent fasting. So you guys run the eight-hour eating window. What are some of the other options that uh, people use with the intermittent fasting? Yeah, so there's... Uh, there's more than I could probably even say because it, I guess there's not really a, a true definition of what that is, but some people are following the two and five. So they actually have two days where they reduce their calories significantly um, and five days where they get, they eat normally. So that's a type of intermittent fasting. And then there's other types that take that to the extreme where they basically aren't consuming any food at all for several days or until they feel like, um, they've, they've progressed past that point of being hungry. Um, their body goes into a state where they can actually continue to function pretty normally for a couple of days until they've kind of fasted through their stored energy sources and then they feel hungry again and then that's when those people start to eat. Um, for some people that's even, that's gone from anywhere to a couple of days to a week and a half, two weeks. Um, yeah. that's, that is the extreme and I certainly would not be recommending anyone do anything like that without any um, additional medical support and make sure that they're, um, they're doing that safely and, and they've got the support that they need. Um, but there's a whole range of options in between those two. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't think I could go a couple of days or whatever without food. I think that's uh, that would be definitely a game changer. No, I'm the same way. I thoroughly enjoy eating. Um, so even the couple of hours of a morning where I would normally be eating breakfast and, and having to wait until that first meal without eight-hour window, um, that's a struggle for me every day. Um, and, I, and I think that the day that that probably doesn't um, cause me any issues anymore is probably the day where I'm not getting any benefits from doing that. So, um, yeah, food's great. We need it. So certainly don't want to um, think or, or get into that 
um, state of mind where we don't need any food. We certainly do. We want to fuel our bodies and especially, you know, when we've got um, performance being one of the factors that we're trying to achieve if we're doing our crossfit, we're doing our sports or if we're competing in some kind of phys physical activity in some way, um, we need to nourish and fuel our bodies. So we need to give it exactly what it needs to have a really great output. It's just about identifying some options um, that might help boost our performance or if we're looking at other goals, which might be um, body fat reduction or um, re reduction of inflammation in the body, some of those things might have some benefits from trying some intermittent fasting. Yeah, cool. Now, everybody's talking on uh, social media about the Netflix documentary, The Game Changers, uh, on the plant-based foods. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, well, I know the last time that we spoke, um, I actually said right up until that morning, I still had members uh, approaching me about it. And even still, the very morning um, when we were at the gym, I actually had a member come up and, and have a chat to me about it very quickly. So um, my, my opinion of it is that I think anything that encourages people to eat more plant-based foods and so more fruit and vegetables and grains and all those things that um, we can get lots of really good micro and macronutrients out of is a good thing. Um, on the other side, I feel that there was probably a little bit of information that was a bit biased um, and uh, perhaps not giving the full story. Um, and if anyone's looking at becoming vegan or vegetarian, that they certainly need to continue to do their research and and make sure that they've got really good facts um, and really good support networks. So if you're looking at making significant changes like that to your diet, that you've done it properly and strategically and you're still giving your body exactly what it needs so that you get the output that you want. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of, of um, one of those 99% things, you know, when I was talking about before, people focusing on the 1%. Um, the opposite end of that is getting sufficient intake of, you know, fresh vegetables, fruits and grains and, and all those things. So if that's encouraging people to do more of that and eat a little bit less of the foods that don't give us as many really good fresh um, nutrients, then I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Cool. What are some of the, the best tips you can uh, give for people to change how they eat? The, the first thing I think is probably just to um, track a week or two. So just kind of see what you're doing. Um, people can eat pretty, um, they can eat in a way where I think that they're not really recognizing what they're doing. It's quite easy to pick up a snack here or there or um, not measuring things, not truly understanding how much of something that you're eating. So I think really good place to start is just to spend one to two weeks tracking exactly what you're eating. Measure things, really pay attention to the ingredients on um, packeted foods and stuff like that. And then sit down at the end of it and have a look at that and understand exactly what you're doing. Um, during those two weeks, also really good to document how you were feeling at the end of each day, um, energy levels, how well did you fall asleep, did you stay asleep, did you get up and go to the toilet in the middle of the night, those sorts of things. If you do train or you do any sport, how well did you perform, how's your recovery levels. Um, and it's all about data collection and analysis really. We're just trying to identify what it is that you're currently doing. Um, what's causing positive impacts, what's causing negative impact, how do we 
um, identify some of those really good behaviours or, or good foods that you're eating and getting benefit from those and introducing more of that over a longer term. So once we've done that analysis over two weeks, um, pick one or two things that you can change and try and incorporate that for the next six weeks and, and follow the same thing, track, see how you feel, evaluate, um, do you feel better? Great, let's pick another two things and see if we can change that. So it's just small steps, um, making small behavioural changes and just trying to keep everything nice and sustainable. Yeah, definitely. It's like your fitness, isn't it? You don't want to go and, so you start running, you don't want to go and jump in and do a 10K straight away. You want to increase little steps to get there. Um, that- yeah, absolutely. That's it's that's what people do you know it's like they, it's it's all those new year's resolutions as well as soon as you get that you know tiny little bit of motivation and and you might see some friends jump on a diet or you know they're doing this over here i'm, I'm going to give that a crack someone's had some really good results in one or two weeks i'm going to give that a crack to you you know juice cleansers or or anything like that um if if you can't do it every day for the rest of your life then don't do it at all, basically. I think that unless that you can see yourself being able to live that way uh, or make small progressive changes towards that, um, then it's going to fall apart on you very, very quickly. And, and that motivation goes downhill. And, and that's the hardest part about, um, you know, people saying, oh, I've, tra- I've tried this diet, I've tried this diet, I've tried this diet. And, and basically, if you've called it a diet, then it's probably something that's not going to benefit you in the long term because, you know, the, the only thing that we can really do is make those really positive lifestyle changes and it's hard work. It's about consistency. Um, so there's no quick fixes as, and, and I see that every day in the line of work that, that I'm in. Um, it does take a very, very long time and I'm where I am today, you know, um, with my health and, and my fitness and, and my body composition because I've gradually made very small progressive changes throughout my life and and, and each year I kind of I learn something new I apply something new and and I change something up and and if it feels good then that's great and then I can try and continue to do that yeah absolutely I I agree little changes obviously something that you can hold on to for the rest of your life not not something that is a flash of the pan you diet is, is definitely a must yeah yeah spot on you also uh, run a CrossFit gym, CrossFit Life. Now, tell us how you got started with CrossFit. Yeah, so um, I have my husband to thank for my introductory sessions into CrossFit. Um, always had a very um, active and, and sporting background and also um, just did some normal fitness training, uh, strength and, and conditioning training at a local gym uh, for quite a few years. Um, and then one day um, my husband said, hey, you know, look, I've seen this um, CrossFit thing. Would you like to come and give it a try? And I was very doubtful um, at that point in time. Um, but I did. I accepted the offer and we, we went ahead and did our first introductory lessons and, and learnt what CrossFit was all about. Um, and then we were very, very lucky that our very first CrossFit, we had to commit to a three-month term when we started um, that was the minimum requirement for membership. So we we dived in and we did that. And um, 
the, the lucky part about it was that it probably took me two and a half months of those three months to start to enjoy CrossFit. And then within a couple of days after that, I was totally addicted. Um, and, and I think that that came down to the fact that because I was already very active, I'd had um, a very high level sporting background that um, I was already relatively fit. Um, so it took a little bit of extra time to get those results that I guess some new people might start to see within days or weeks of starting um, such a intense fitness program. Um, but then once I did start to see those results, um, I never looked back after that. And that was uh, six years ago. So here we are. Beautiful. It has that addictive nature. That's for sure. You start to get, you know, feeling good and you start to see that little bit of improvement. You definitely get that little bit of a CrossFit bug. That's for sure. Yeah, it's an, and it's one of those things too with um, with new people is is managing that addiction because it can be very easy to to jump in a little bit too quickly and do too many sessions because you're just so keen and eager um, and wear yourself out far too quickly. So you know that's one of the things that we also have to manage with the gym is, is that addiction and and making sure that people are still um, recovering and getting um, the most out of their training and and not wearing out too quickly. Yeah. Now, CrossFit Life CSP, community, strength, performance. How do you guys bring the community into this? Oh, it's such a massive part of our gym. Um, you know, it's very community driven. We have a few um, a few different things that we do for the gym to involve our community. The first thing um, I really want to talk about is the monthly newsletter that Brendan, my husband, does. He puts so much work into that. Um, we try and collect as much information as we can that would be relevant to all of our members of the gym, upcoming competitions, what are the what are the um, movements or benchmarks that we're going to be testing in the following months? We've got our member spotlight. So we grab one person from the gym. Um, they get to tell us a little bit about themselves and then they get to design their own benchmark workout, which we all do um, as part of that month. Um, and we always find that the days that we're doing our member spot, like we have such good attendance and everyone's really keen to get in there and give that one a go. Uh, we have social events at least monthly. Sometimes we have a couple. Um, so far we've done um, go-karts. We've usually got um, like uh, something we can get the kids involved in. We've done rock climbing and, and the competition aspect is really big of it big with the community as well so we we try and encourage all of our members whether they're new you know intermediate advanced um to to try and test out what they're doing at the gym um as often as they can and and we find that our competition days really have just become one of those days at the park that you have with your family and friends so you know we all look forward to um matching our shirts together and and um getting dressed up and and you know making snacks and, and it's almost like just having a barbecue at the park with your family um it's a family that we choose to have so you know that's the community that we have as part of our gym awesome now running a gym can be flat out absolutely hard work uh, how often do you and brendan get to train 
Yeah, so um, it is. It's a very big, long day. Um, however, we've got some really great um, part-time coaches, uh, Shell and Cole, um, and we've recently just got another um, great member on board that's now part of our coaching staff, Amanda. Um, so they take two to three sessions for us per week, which gives us an opportunity to either train together or get a little bit of recovery in. Um, but how we normally run the day is that um, either one morning session or one afternoon session will alternate um, and Brennan will take the class and I'll get a chance to train um, and vice versa. So that gives us an opportunity to still continue to work on our fitness and our strengths, um, but also take part of working out with, with our community. I think it's a really important part of owning and running a CrossFit gym is that you are there doing the workouts with your members. I couldn't imagine owning a CrossFit gym and not participating in your workouts with your members. Like that, that's why we own a gym is so that we can do that. If we wanted to just train by ourselves, you know, we'd just be out at a Globo gym doing whatever we want in the garage. Um, that's, that's what makes it motivating. That's what makes it fun and exciting. Um, and hopefully the, the members feel like they get some um, inspiration from seeing all of their coaches train alongside them as well. Yeah, I agree. You, you have to do your own programming. Um, you often see coaches and and other gym owners doing, you know, different styles of training um, other than their, their CrossFit. Uh, I think it is a big must that you do your own program. It shows, I guess it shows that you're committed to your overall health with that program. Uh, it's not just, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to do this. I think it is really important. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the members see that. I, I'd like to think that they see that I'm still very passionate about my own fitness and my own training. Um, and if what I program isn't good enough for me, then it's not good enough for them either. So, you know, if I feel like I've missed um, a few things or I've created some gaps in my own strength or fitness, um, I recognise that that's a result of, you know, the programming that I've created and I need to fix that for the rest of the gym. Um, you know, that everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses and, and we've got people coming in and doing a little bit of extra things here and there in open gym or in their own time or on the weekend. And, and that's great. And, and, and that's just taking things to the next level. But when it comes to just baseline um, what you get out of your one hour a day from the CrossFit session, that that needs to be that needs to be really good value for everyone there. And like I said, if, if I don't want to do that session that day because I don't think it's good enough or it's not providing benefit, then it's not good enough for the members. So every day I'm trying to make sure that, you know, we're, we're covering as many different movements and stimuluses because I'm doing that same training and I want to be better at what I do as well. So it's really important to me that it's really good quality and I pitch in because at the same time, if things need to change up, and this is another thing that really frustrates me when I know that there are some other CrossFit um, owners that don't do their programming, there's no flexibility if, if things don't go exactly how you anticipated. So, you know, if we're training Monday to Wednesday and, you know, we didn't predict that we were going to overload our lats and we're all feeling really, really sore in our lats and Thursday's got pull-ups. If I don't do the same training, I'm not going to recognise that and I need to know that so that I can modify Thursdays if need be and keep everyone nice and safe and still getting the right stimulus. So it's really important that it's, it's 
it's got to be something that you can participate in get those benefits but also have the flexibility so um, everyone's staying nice and safe and no one's getting I I guess overuse of anything and and being part of participating in that is really important to identify that yourself yeah that's probably one of the hardest things with with running the gym Um, you know it's getting that good balance with your members Um, are there any other sort of struggles that you see in running a gym? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say struggle, but one of the things that really takes up um, a lot of our time and energy is just, just trying to maintain really high standards and be relentless with that. So um, I think one of the things that separates, you know, CrossFit from a lot of other just normal, you know, 24-hour fitness gyms is that we have the, you know, everyone stays to the end and helps people out when they might have finished early no one packs up their equipment early Um, we go around and we high five we clean up after ourselves and we make sure that you know um, the gym's ready and nice to use for the next session and we welcome new people the second they walk through that door um, and make sure that they feel like they're already part of the community so all those things that we feel are part of our culture and make our place a really good place to go. Um, it takes a lot of time and energy. And, and when there's a week where we feel like that energy is is shifted, um, we need to boost that again. And you know, whether we send out um, email reminders or announcements, or we talk about it at the beginning of the class, it's always about just keeping those standards nice and high. And it's great because sometimes we don't even have to think about it and you know a new person's walked in the door and there's 10 people surrounding them welcoming them showing them where to put their bag and, and the toilets and all that kind of stuff before we even get a chance to say hello and that's something that we're really proud of yeah you guys competed in the open this year um just just gone uh seen lots on social media how did the gym respond with the changes to the format yeah, so um, it was a little different to the previous Open. Um, it came around very quickly. I felt like that to us. We had a small reduction in our participation rates and the majority of our Open's competitors were new members, so members that hadn't been with us in the previous Open. Um, so the feedback that we got was that it was just it come around very quickly. People just weren't physically or mentally prepared to invest themselves in another five weeks of you know such challenging workouts. But overall, those weeks went really well. They were very positive. We had a great atmosphere. Um, we certainly didn't have anyone regret participating. We always have a big celebration at the end of the five weeks. Um, we have this week uh, fancy dress where we all dress in theme and that was great. So I think um, there was definitely some changes. Participation did drop, but I think it was just because of the shortened duration between this Open and last Open. And I would like to think that we'll see those participation rates um, jump back up again in another 12 months when the next Open rolls around. Yeah, definitely come around real quick. Now, yeah. you guys run CrossFit Kids and Teen Classes. Do you guys run with the same principles as the adult classes or is it a little bit different? <laughs> yeah, so between the two classes, they're definitely very different. The CrossFit Kids is just more about getting them at 
active, having some fun, starting to learn a little bit about movement, our movement standards, and obviously a bit of competition. So we play games and, you know, understanding that it's okay not to win everything. Um, we do have a little, you know, a few tears and, and, and tantrums and things like that. We actually start CrossFit Kids from, I think our youngest is actually four. Um, but it's not really about the age. We always have a chat with the parents about them, just being able to understand um, and I guess take take on board what we're saying and participate and some of the parents stick around and help help out which is great where the CrossFit teams we certainly start to apply more of the adult concepts to the class they pretty much do the exact same thing but we spend a little bit more time focusing on what's going to be the key exercise or movement for the day um, give them a chance to practice that and then we might have a little bit of a shorter workout at the end or might be longer because some of these teams are quite fit <laughs> compared to what the adults are doing. Um, and certainly incorporate a little bit more fun into what we're doing. So uh, there's, there's lots of... Um, there's lots of things that we can do with the teens that we can't do with the kids, certainly. Um, but we try and incorporate a new CrossFit movement each time, teach them something with the barbell or the PVC pipe, or we'll get the little dumbbells out, some little kettlebells. Um, but it, between the two classes, it, it's certainly different. And, and But there is progression. So we've actually already had two kids that were in the later years of those kids' classes, our transition into teens, and they're doing really well. So it's a good building block, and then hopefully it won't be long before um, some of our teens start to join the adult classes and come in as a normal member. We see a lot of your CrossFit Life family uh, competing in comps all over the place. Now, what advice would you give someone new wanting to, I guess, compete in a CrossFit comp? Yeah, so um, I think that there's hesitations from, from two perspectives. The first one is that, you know, someone might be quite new or just not very confident. Um, and I think a, a pairs or a team competition is the ultimate way to get started. And we've been able to see that more and more, especially in our local area, that a lot of the comps that used to be individual and our pairs and teams, they're a lot more popular. And I think it's just an amazing way to get started because it does take the pressure off you as an individual. It gives you somebody else to work for. So, you know, when, when you're in the, the middle of that workout and, and you feel like you're dying and you're looking at your partner and, and you know that you guys are going to share the rest of these reps, like it really does help you stay motivated and push you a little bit more you're no longer thinking about what what you're doing um, it's just about supporting your partner or your teammate um, so I think a really good way to get started is to find something that is a, a partner comp or a team comp and give that a crack uh, the other thing I think holds people back is, is honestly it's just their ego and I think if it and I was certainly um, sitting in this boat when I started CrossFit. It took me a long time to get started because I was of the opinion, you know, oh, if I'm not going to win, why would I bother? Um, and I wish I didn't have that attitude. It's a very bad attitude and it, it limited my progress, you know. I think it's just about being able to use it as a tool to identify your strengths and your weaknesses and give you some really good motivation and a plan and how to attack your training after the comp so you can continue to you know work on those gaps and make yourself um a very um 
you know, good um, crossfitter across the board. So uh, they're, they're my two tips. I think it's, you know, put your ego aside, get in there and use it as a really good development tool and, and grab yourself a partner and get in and have a really fun day doing a partner or a team workout. Um, you won't regret it. Yeah, we do see lots of the local comps going in pairs and in threes now rather than going away from the individual comps. Um, it does make it a lot more fun. Seeing yeah. that's where it's going, I guess it's going to hang around for a little bit longer. Yeah, and it's also becoming a lot more popular with the CrossFit Games as well. Like you can see now, there's a lot more popularity with watching the teams um, compete. You know, that's also because we've also got a lot of individuals that have now gone teams. But I think it's also really interesting to watch the dynamics of teams and how people work together. You can be a really good individual athlete, but um, if you can't work with somebody else, it's going to change um, how you guys compete on the day. So I think it just adds that level of complexity for, for those top level athletes and for those new people. I think it just boosts the enjoyment out of the day. You know, you're not suffering on your own. And then I think it also just becomes a day about matching outfits and then having a few beers at the end to celebrate. Perfect. Sounds like a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Being new to CrossFit may be a little bit daunting. What is the process for a new member at your gym? Yeah, so we have a really good um, introductory program. So someone that has been, um, I guess, not very active for a long time or they're not really sure on the concepts of CrossFit, um, we have two introductory classes which we encourage them to come along to. The first one, um, generally Brendan takes, he's, he's very good at taking the introductory lessons, um, really good at bringing new people on board and explaining what it is that we do. So usually the first half an hour of the session, they'll go upstairs, they'll have a chat, um, Brendan will take them through all the CrossFit concepts, they get a chance to watch the class, um, how we um, discuss the workout, go through the scaling options, demonstrate anything that we need to, get everyone warmed up, getting their equipment out, and then practicing what could be maybe some Olympic lifting at the beginning um, of that class. So they get to see what that class starts like. Um, and then when they've had that chat, um, Brendan will bring them back down and they'll start to go through just a very short um, a simple workout that they can do to give them an understanding of that stimulus that they might get in a standard CrossFit workout. It might only go for seven or 10 minutes, but generally that's more than enough for someone that um, hasn't been active for a little while. Um, and that just gives them that excitement too, that rush. And they think, oh yeah, that was great. Um, being able to apply myself and learn something. And then we bring them back on board for their second session. And that's where we take them through the barbell movement. So um, for most people, even if they have been active or they've been going to the gym, the Olympic lifting movements are usually pretty foreign. Um, and we like to make sure that uh, no one's lifting any weight without being really safe and understanding um, what their capabilities are, how to fail lifts, all those sorts of things. So they spend a full hour with the PVC pipe if needed. Um, if people show that they've got a little bit more capability, we'll upgrade them to the training bars. But basically they just get to learn the, the clean and jerk and the snatch or any of those dynamic lifting movements. 
So if they decide to come back and they they decide that CrossFit is is going to be great for them, when they come into that first proper class where we've got those movements programmed, it doesn't feel so foreign to them. And, and they might only remember one or two things as a result of that introductory lesson, but that still helps those confidence levels. Um, and, and one of the things that I know that I really um, avoided when in my first six months of CrossFit, we did three sessions per week. And I don't know whether it was just um, luck, but I, I barely did any Olympic lifting on those three sessions for the first three to six months. And then I got really unconfident with it. So then when they were programmed on the days, I cherry picked and I avoided it. And, and for a long time, um, my development in those areas was very limited. So now I try to make sure that when someone starts with this, that they're practicing those movements as often and as regular as possible. So that way um, they don't feel that negativity towards the movement. They don't feel unconfident. They just feel that motivation to want to get better. And, and I know that it works because at the end of those sessions, they always come up to me and they say, oh, you know, would it be good if I go home and, and get a broomstick and I practice this at home? And I was like, yes, music to my ears. I'd love you to go home and do that. Um, you know, we talk about all those hours towards mastery and I think, you know, anything that you can do to encourage someone to go home and practice something that they've just learnt cementing in those movement patterns um, is great. And, and you see how excited they are to come back and test that out the next time we've got that programmed. Yeah, awesome. So if somebody wants to get in contact you with your nutrition services or CrossFit Life, uh, what's the best way to contact you guys? Yeah, so um, you can get onto our website. So we're at crossfitlife.net. Um, you can contact us via email, which is getfit at crossfitlife.net. Um, we're also available on Messenger. We've got Facebook and Instagram. So you can shout out to us uh, direct message or contact us on any of our pages. Awesome, mate. Well, I'll pop those in the, in the show notes. And uh, it was really good to catch up with you. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about the things that I'm really passionate about. No worries, mate. Have a good day. Thank you very much.